Jesus is given to the Romans for another trial. A trial that proclaims his innocence and yet ends in his condemnation. On The Bible Brief. Pick up your Bible and read along with us today. Learning happens better with a Bible in your hand. From the prophet Isaiah, chapter 53. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth, like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that before its shearers is silent. So he opened not his mouth. The Passover lamb was selected in a way that set it apart from other livestock. It was a lamb that was to be free from blemishes, from maladies, and from abnormalities. It was to be as perfect as possible, and it was to be examined. Examined not just for a few minutes, but for a few days. In fact, in Exodus chapter 12, we learn Yahweh's instructions to Moses and Aaron concerning the Passover lamb. Yahweh said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, Tell all the congregation of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, every man shall take a lamb according to their father's houses, a lamb for a household. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male a year old. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it until the fourteenth day of this month, when the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill their lambs at twilight. Not only was the lamb to be selected, but for several days it was to be examined to ensure that not a defect was to be found. The perfection of the lamb was symbolic of the perfection required by God in a sacrifice. God, who is perfect, must have perfection presented before him. Otherwise, the sacrifice is unacceptable. In fact, generations later through the prophet Malachi, God rebuked his people for presenting blighted sacrifices to him. He said, When you offer blind animals in sacrifice, is that not evil? And when you offer those that are lame or sick, is that not evil? The Passover lamb was to be the best sacrifice from the most pure of the flock. It was to be examined and tested, and the lamb was to be killed so that its blood would shield a home from death. The Israelites experienced this 1,500 years ago, but in the present day, the Jews saw a new kind of lamb. Not a lamb of symbolic perfection, but a lamb of actual perfection. No sin, no stain, and no blight. A perfect lamb offered to God with blood to shield the world. But first, the lamb would be tested. Soon after the rooster crowed that morning, The Jewish leaders who had condemned Jesus began to traverse Jerusalem to deliver him to the Roman governor. Apparently, these Jews had a special kind of death that they had in mind for Jesus, one that only the Romans could legally carry out. So off they went to the house of Pontius Pilate, leading the bound and silent Jesus ever closer to his coming fate. They greeted Pilate with lies about Jesus. We found this man misleading our nation and forbidding us to give tribute to Caesar and saying that he himself is Messiah, a king. 
in saying this, they appealed to Pilate's loyalty to the Roman Caesar and on the potential political instability that could occur if the Jews en masse began to stop paying taxes. They essentially accused Jesus of fomenting insurrection, though Jesus never said such a thing. But instead of defending himself against this accusation, he remained silent. Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus said, You have said so. But when he was accused by the chief priests and elders, he gave no answer. Then Pilate said to him, Do you not hear how many things they testify against you? But he gave him no answer, not even to a single charge, so that the governor was greatly amazed. Then Pilate said to the chief priests in the crowds, I find no guilt in this man. But they were urgent, saying, He stirs up the people, teaching throughout all Judea, from Galilee even to this place. When Pilate heard this, he asked whether the man was a Galilean. And when he learned that he belonged to Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him over to Herod, who was himself in Jerusalem at the time. Pilate sought an opportunity to avoid the tense situation presented before him on this high feast day in Jerusalem, and he saw no better one than to transfer Jesus to another Roman official in the city. Herod had come into Jerusalem from Galilee, and since Jesus resided in the area, he was technically in Herod's jurisdiction. So now Jesus is led to Herod. When Herod saw Jesus, he was very glad, for he had long desired to see him, because he'd heard about him and he was hoping to see some sign done by Jesus. So he questioned him at some length, but Jesus made no answer. The chief priests and the scribes stood by vehemently accusing him, and Herod with his soldiers treated him with contempt and mocked him. Then arraying him in splendid clothing, they sent him back to Pilate. You can picture this scene before Herod as he peppers Jesus with question after question, with Jesus only responding with silence. Moreover, the chief priests and the scribes raise a chorus of accusations at Jesus, accusations devoid of any truth. And then what begin as questions to Jesus morphs into mocking and joking. This man bound before them became a spectacle to be laughed at. Further, Herod and the soldiers play dress-up with Jesus and send him back to Pilate in kingly attire. All the while, Jesus remains silent. No fighting back. No defense. So Pilate entered his headquarters again and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this of your own accord, or did others say it to you about me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting, that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from the world. Then Pilate said to him, So you are a king. Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Pilate said to him, What is truth? In this remarkable conversation, we see the contrast between a kingdom from above and an earthly kingdom. 
Jesus opens his mouth to explain to Pilate that his kingdom isn't of this world. Because if it were, his servants would have been fighting like the world fights on a king's behalf. Jesus' kingdom is not from the world. It's from a different place entirely. It's a kingdom of a suffering king who becomes a man to die like a lamb. He's not in the world now to conquer it with the sword, but to bear witness to the truth. And those who are of the truth listen to him. Pilate, probably uncomfortable and annoyed at this conversation, then ends the discussion with a question. Hauntingly, before truth himself, Pilate says, What is truth? Pilate then called together the chief priests and the rulers and the people, and said to them, You brought me this man as one who is misleading the people, and after examining him before you, behold, I do not find this man guilty of any of your charges against him. Neither did Herod, for he sent him back to us. Look, nothing deserving death has been done by him. I will therefore punish and release him. Pilate was declaring something simple about this lamb. There's no blemish here. He hasn't done anything wrong. He doesn't deserve death. He looked at the chief priests, the rulers, and the crowd of the people before him, and he said, Not guilty. And yet, Pilate didn't let him go. Whether it was due to the aggression of the crowd or due to political expediency, we don't know. Instead, Pilate thought of a way to show leniency by appealing to a recent Passover custom in Jerusalem. A custom in which the governor would release a prisoner of the people's choice. A sort of appeasement to demonstrate power and simultaneously imply mercy. Now, there was a man in jail whose name was Barabbas, a man who was apparently jailed for robbery, murder, and attempted insurrection. If Jesus is a spotless lamb, Barabbas is the opposite. Pilate perhaps thought, these Jews won't want this troublemaker back in their midst. Surely they'll want Jesus instead. And so Pilate asked the crowd, whom do you want me to release for you, Barabbas or Jesus who is called Messiah? For he knew that it was out of envy that they had delivered him up. And they cried out, Not this man, but Barabbas. Pilate said to them, Then what shall I do with Jesus, who is called Messiah? They all said, Let him be crucified. And he said, Why, what evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, Let him be crucified. Then Pilate took Jesus and flogged him with whips. And the soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head and arrayed him in a purple robe. They came up to him saying, Hail, King of the Jews, and struck him with their hands. Now the lamb was full of blemishes. Blemishes not his own, but placed upon him by the hands of everyone around him. The king had been crowned with intertwined thorns that drug across his brow. The hard-tipped whips opened gashes in his torso that flowed. The lamb's snow-white wool was being stained with scarlet blood. Finally, in mockery, they place a royal robe upon the king before showing him to the crowd once again. A crowd that only thirsted for more blood. 
Pilate went out again and said to them, See, I am bringing him out to you, that you may know that I find in him no guilt. So Jesus came out, wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, Behold the man! When the chief priests and the officers saw him, they cried out, Crucify him! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and crucify him, for I find no guilt in him. The Jews answered him, We have a law, and according to that law he ought to die because he made himself the Son of God. When Pilate heard this statement, he was even more afraid. He entered his headquarters again and said to Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. So Pilate said to him, You will not speak to me? Do you not know that I have authority to release you and authority to crucify you? Jesus answered him, You would have no authority over me at all unless it had been given to you from above. Therefore, he who delivered me over to you has the greater sin. From then on, Pilate sought to release him. He said to the Jews, Behold your king! They cried out, Away with him! Away with him! Crucify him! So when Pilate saw that he was gaining nothing, but rather that a riot was beginning, he took water and washed his hands before the crowd, saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. See to it yourselves. And all the people answered, His blood be on us and on our children. Then he released for them Barabbas, and having scourged Jesus, delivered him to be crucified. This king's coronation ceremony is not a celebration of the king, but an ironic display of brutality toward the Savior. It wasn't a crown of gold, it was a crown of thorns. It wasn't acclamation of his majesty. It was snickering and mocking. It wasn't shouts of long live the king, but instead, crucify him. Yet this king, this all-powerful one, wasn't there to champion himself. He wasn't there for honor or glory or a crown of gold. This king was there to do the will of his father, and his father's will was to provide a lamb. The Passover lamb that the world needed. The one perfect sacrifice for sin, finally acceptable to the perfect God. A body prepared for the insults, for the scourging, and for the cross. Before Jesus came into the world, he had said this to the Father, Sacrifices and offerings you have not desired, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and in sin offerings you have taken no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God, as it is written of me in the scroll of the book. No sin offering was desired by God, none except for the perfect, none except for the body of the perfect one who had lived a life without blemish a body prepared to die the death that Adam deserved to die, and Eve, and their sons, and their grandsons, and on and on, down to you and me. Jesus would die the death of a sinner, 
his blood would be shed. He was oppressed, and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth, like a lamb that is led to the slaughter. Copyright Bible Literacy Foundation 2023